Welcome to Game Store Profits, where we talk about God, gaming, and groups. I'm your host, Daniel Fisher, and along with me today is the horse to my heresy, Michael Perna. How you doing today, Mike? You know, I knew we were going to get, because you and I, for those of you playing at home, Daniel and I have been just going crazy with talking Warhammer before we got going, because I, I, you know, happened to try and find more information about the world of miniatures painting. And if you've wandered into miniature painting on YouTube, like 98% of them are Warhammer players. And so that got me into Warhammer lore, which made me watch all these videos. And so Daniel, as a longstanding Warhammer person, uh, we just went nuts. So I knew, I knew <laughs> it was going to be a Warhammer reference this episode. I knew it. Uh, I don't think I'm keen on the fact that I'm Horace. <laughs> But it depends on which side of the coin you follow on. Was he right or was he wrong? No, because <laughs> everything everything that Horus did ended up with horrible, twisted chaos gods, and no thank you. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's, I guess we better let sleeping dogs lie. <laughs> <laughs> so how you doing, man? I hadn't I'm, talked to you in like t a week or so. I, I'm I'm doing. We're we're having fun. Uh I'm playing many, many games with my child because he is he is on a tear right now. Uh he is going through so many games that he wants to play. He I think he's just uh, he's realizing that a couple more games have kind of slipped into the I'm able to play these now. Okay. So like we, we played tonight we played Quirkle, which is a, a wonderful game if you've never played it. He 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 has dominated us. Now, granted, there to a degree, my wife kind of like points out, like, "Hey, you have this." But other than other than like pointing out, "Hey, did you notice this?" He plays by himself, and I am a little ashamed and a little proud of the fact that I am regularly schooled. By this five-year-old in in this game of shapes and colors that is you know designed for adults. Um, <sighs> <laughs> I mean, he. I think tonight, I think he beat me by something like sixty points. Wow! Like so, it was, it was bad. <laughs> so we're 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 not recording on Friday now. We're recording on Saturday. We're not. recording on Saturday. I have spent a lot of time playing board games with my child today. Well, so Saturday usually is the the evening that we pull out a board game with Sammy. And last week we didn't do it today because he was running a fever today, and he didn't feel too happy until Mom got home when because he was hopped up on Tylenol and stuff. And we're probably going to miss church tomorrow because of it. But the um, last week was Candyland, and <laughs> oh, and he's obsessed now with these Dollar Tree board games. Like I've got it down here on the shelf. But he right. wants to play the Dollar Tree version because I bought those just to say I want to see what's in here, you know, for a dollar twenty-five, and it's literally the full game. Like the Junior Monopoly was the full game. Uh, we got like Scrabble Junior and stuff like that. Yeah, he 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 played it last week with us, and we played. We only got to play one game last week, but it was me, him, his mom, and and his older brother. And his older brother won. He's like, man, Andrew always wins when we play this game. I was like, dude, this is your first time playing this game. That's right, Dad. He always wins when we play this game. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'm raising Mitch Hedberg over here. This is, you know, he, he's he's too smart for his own good. So, but yeah. Oh yeah, like my 
my son, uh, he'll be the one who'd be like, oh, man, I missed out on this. Oh, here's a double quirkle. <laughs> and, and, and I realize I'm, I'm falling into the same trap that I'm usually always pointing to you. Uh, in case you don't know what quirkle is. Uh, Quirkle is a game where you are matching up different shapes. Like you have like big chunky wooden tiles and there's just a whole bag of them. And you start out with like, I believe six that you start out with. And every tile has a shape that has a certain color. And there are six different shapes and six different colors. And every time you make a play, you are basically playing a line of tiles that is either all the same shape or all the same color. And you get certain amounts of points based on how many you put out or, or it kind of does the whole Scrabble thing, like where you can make, make multiple lines get scored by the same tile and stuff like that. It It's a really fun game. It's a really simple game. Uh, a quirkle is what happens when you finish off a line of six. It's 12 points. My son at one point got a double where he put down a tile. <laughs> he put down a tile and it quirkled twice. Oh, man. And he's like, oh, man, I'm not getting the, the stuff I wanted. I'm like, buddy, you're okay. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're beating dad. You're doing all right. Like, you're doing fine, son. <laughs> like, we got a game that. Sammy likes playing, and his brother likes playing. It's Super Kitty Bug Slap. Now, you're going to have to explain that one to me, because okay. I have never even heard of that. So, okay, Super Kitty Bug Slap. You think it's like kind of like Slapjack, but it's not. So you have a deck of cards, and so you have to have at least three players. One person being the dealer, and two of the other ones being the player. So you have your cat cards, and so your cat cards... You would you shuffle them up and hand a cat card to each person. So your cat could be like triangle shaped or square or round, and it's either going to be green, purple, or orange. And then it's also going to have a bug in the picture, and there's different types of bugs. So when the dealer lays down a card, if any of your attributes are on that card, you slap it. The first one slaps it, gets to take it back. Now, if you slap it and none of your attributes are on it, it's going to count uh, two points away. And it's one point if if you if it's your card, two points uh, minus two points if it's not your card. So Sammy just gets so super excited and just starts slapping everything, bam, bam. <laughs> and a part of me thinks it's his glasses because like his glasses is only fifty percent of his prescription, and we're waiting on his new glasses at hundred percent because the doctor. We actually went back to the doctor finally, and he's like, "Yeah, we need to go ahead and go up because he's he's doing that thing where you see old men doing pulling their glasses, pulling out. the glasses and out because like, he's he's really far sighted. Like he he'll like when we're reading, what I I have to do is I'll make him like. I'll have to hold his books for school, and like I'll hold it. I was like, "Can you see it now?" He's like, "Yeah," and I'll just stay still, and he'll read. Okay. And, and so, like, usually it's like a foot away from him, and he'll right. sometimes he still has to take his glasses off and things like that. But like, he can't see without them at all. So, because I think he's a little of both, is what the doctor said, near sighted and far sighted. But he's mostly far or yeah, far sighted. So. Yeah, I was like, dude, man, you're never going to get to pay miniatures unless we get the right prescription. So, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I just got to 
Have faith in the doctor, the faith of an orc. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you brought it up. You did it. We it, a topic that was brought up as, huh? Maybe we could do. Maybe we could have a whole episode about that. We, we could talk about that for days. No, we're um, gonna make a shirt of this, and it's gonna become a saying. Like you got all the the dwarf bard stuff. I'm gonna have the artwork grown up in the faith of an orc. All right, you you could have you know somebody you know make your design for you then, because my uh, goodness, I don't think I have it in me to do the orcs justice. Um. So so Daniel. Yes. Mike. Uh, I could talk about it, but I've only just started diving into this. Okay. You you are along. So I want you to talk to me about orcs in the 40k universe and how their magic works because it's awesome. Okay. So we're used to the concept of magic either being arcane or divine, where you know you either learn a lot of spells and symbols or you just pray to the deities. It doesn't work like that in the 40k. It's more of a psychic power, but it's a group psychic power for orcs. So, as long as they believe it, it's going to happen. So, essentially, if you ever looked at the models for, for the orc stuff, it's usually like junky. It looks like Fred Sanford built a car or something like that. And, like, the, the concept of their mechanics literally take a bucket of parts. And just dump it in the front of the car and yep. says it's going to run and it runs. R- everything painted red goes faster because they believe red makes everything go faster. And and before you go, well, isn't that cute? No, no. In the game, if your figure is painted red, it goes faster. It goes faster. Yes, and and and, and but that does. It, also works in the negative for orcs. You mentioned some lore earlier. No, oh, I want to, I want to, I want to, yeah. I want to talk about this. Yeah, uh, because because I heard about this. That now, as I said, I'm going to fully come out here because there are people who are probably like super deep into Warhammer 40k, uh, the grim dark future where the, the, the there is only war. Um, I. I if, if you're re- listening to me talk about this and go, I don't know anything about this universe. I've heard about Warhammer 40K, but I don't know anything about it. You are only a half step behind me. Because other than, like, I only really started getting into this by watching videos on the, the rabbit trail that came from watching painting videos. I literally almost laughed myself out of my chair as I heard this story. So, of all the groups on the, the armies of men, one of them is called the Imperial Guard. Uh, the Imperial Guard is in this world of, like, crazy demons and super aliens and crazy monsters that are going to do devour your soul. Uh, the Imperial Guard are just regular people. The only thing the Imperial Guard has for them is that there's just, like, billions and trillions of them. And so they're just regular old people. And these regular old people are going against an army of orcs. And after a while, like these guys are, are really holding their own. They're actually holding back the orcs, but eventually their ammo runs out. And the way this story goes is it was the commander who did it first. He literally just pointed his gun at the orcs and said, bang, 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 bang. (laughs) And the orcs, 
who believed that they were still shooting at them died from this guy holding his pistol and saying, bang, 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 bang. <laughs> because they believed they were being shot at. Yes. It, it, it's, it's glorious. It's wonderful. I love it. I love the boys. I love these guys so much. Uh, but they are they are bloody and bloodthirsty and all those wonderful things too. So Yeah, but I mean like but we talked about it in the idea of like like this is it's it's amazing to see kind of what happens when you have enough people who put enough faith in something and and what what moves in that space. <laughs> well, yeah, and we've always, we grew up in the faith, and we have always heard the phrase, you just have to have faith. Faith the size of a grain of mustard seed will move mountains. And mm-hmm. I would literally drive home from church looking at Bay's Mountain, going, praying, I'm going to throw this thing in the ocean. <laughs> Do it! And it really affected me. As a kid, like, I didn't have enough faith to rip that mountain up by the roots and throw it in the ocean. I didn't think or understand that it was a figure of speech. Right. And I thought it was literal because everything that I had been taught out of the Bible was taught to me as being literal. Like, this is literally what happened. This is, you know, you know all these things. And, and it really affected me. As a kid. And I have issues of faith sometimes now. And my wife, she can't stand it. She's like, look at everything that God has done for us. And you still have issues. I'm like, but I can't throw that mountain over into that lake. <laughs> so, But it, but if I if I only believed harder. Yeah. And then, then it gets you thinking, but what is faith? If, if your mental belief uh, that you can do something isn't enough, then what is it? Yeah, and, and and so that that one always got me that it was more of a heart issue at the time, and and I just didn't understand it as a kid, and that does stuff to children. I mean, you know, you're literally telling a kid that they technically could have a superpower if they were a Christian, but you know, it's just it it it'll mess with you a little bit. So, well, I mean, you you think about it like that 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 can have a lasting effect on things. Mm-hmm. When you paint a picture like that, and and that actually has been something that's been has been crazy to me lately, as I'm having conversations with people about faith and everything, and I'm having conversations with Noah, my five year old, about different things about faith, because like people will say one thing, and I'm like, that's not actually what the Bible says, and he's like, what? And I'm like, I'm like, I don't want to go too deep into it because he's five, yeah, but I, but like I I want to be like okay, like, like, let's talk about what it actually says. <laughs> and like, when you, when you, cause from a five-year-old brain, like I love, like we talk about the orcs, but like, that's, that's just how their brain functions. Yeah. Like when you say that thing happens or that, you know, this thing is the way it is, then they go, okay. And they just move on. Like, that's exactly what it is. They, you know, they don't have, they don't process that. But my five-year-old doesn't always process the way he hears things. Yeah. He just hears it from the things that from, from the five years of life that he's had. Yeah. And he processes what we say 
not not understanding idioms, not understanding, you know, metaphor. He goes, he just takes his five years of life knowledge and says, that's what that's like? Okay. And it, it really can be interesting to see how, when we look back on it, things like, like, oh, if only you just had more faith that you could do more stuff. Like... That can really mess you up because the second you realize that things aren't going your way, suddenly it becomes about the fact that you're not believing hard enough. Right. And, and that you don't love, if you love Jesus harder. Yeah. You didn't have enough Jesus in you. Right. So. And like that'll mess people up. And it'll, or what it'll do is it'll make you think that. You need to press harder. You need to go harder. You need to make things happen. That's, that's getting into scary territory there. Well, when when you think about a lot of, of what we see sometimes, like that's a lot of what goes on right now is just that, that like we have to make things happen. We have to protect this. We got to do that. And we another thing we were talking about this this not in particular to any game, but we were kind of talking. Kind of reflecting back because of the fact that you're headed to GaryCon, yeah, and we're doing, you know, uh, I'm I'm kind of getting some stuff going on here locally and everything like that, and the fact that we are coming up on our eighth, yes, our eighth anniversary as a ministry, and our twelfth anniversary as a podcast. Wow, um, we should do something for ourselves. We, we should we should we should buy ourselves something pretty i know um but but like we're reflecting on some of the things that we've enacted and some of the things that we've put into place and uh some of the ways that that has guided what we do and one of the things that we we were talking about specifically is the one that always gets us gets us the most praise or the most hate from people who don't know what we do, which is the no preaching rule. Yeah. And I was telling you about, Um, about, you know, Sunday at church, like we, we're going through a whole series on building your house, you know, and building your home and your church. And, you know, there's only, they only hit on one verse of this passage. It's first Corinthians 10, 31 to 33. And I told you, I said, as soon as like they said the first one, I you know me, I always keep reading as as we go along, and and I was like, this is this right here is is kind of like the reason I'm in this ministry. So like verse thirty one, so so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. And so before I got into gaming ministry, I had a group of guys that I played Dungeons and Dragons with, and. Every one of them were Christians. And we all believe that wholeheartedly. Like, we are playing D&D for the glory of God. I mean, and, and it wasn't just D&D. We would get together. We would talk about the stuff we were going through. We would pray with each other. And we would play D&D. And then one of the guys came back from Gen Con and had books from this thing called Game Church. Yep. And, and then I found Game Church. And through Game Church, I found Mike. <laughs> and then that just opened up a whole new world for me and i was like oh, we can do these things and and but 
the no preaching rule is one that I, my pastor, I've told him about it, and he thinks it's great because we do stuff like that, you know. But, like, other people are like, why can't we preach at your events? And literally, if you go into verse 32, give no offense to the Jews, to Jews or to Greeks or to the church of God. Essentially, when we go to be the people, we're going into these areas. We're going into these conventions being gamers. And we're going in there being servants as well. Um, a servant doesn't preach to their master. A servant, a, a servant just does what they need to do. And we're servants of Christ. And, and our job is just to, to help people. Be there for them. Listen to them. You know, and, and be whatever they need. And we can't do that if we are offending them. And a lot of the times, the way we preach, it offends people because they don't believe the same way we do. Sorry, I didn't mean to steal that one. <laughs> no, you take it. But see, and, and here's, here's often the pushback that I've gotten when I, I say those exact things. Like, like we're not here to, uh, like convince somebody we're not here to to like get them we're not here to like our our big thing is is that um and again if you've been here for a while you've heard this before but because there are new people who have picked up and listened to us um the, the, the no preaching rule happened because all of us had run events that made the gospel into a timeshare bait and switch like come here and get a chance to win a free boat and what we don't tell you is you're going to have to endure a 20 minute sermon that makes you uncomfortable. And we're not going to tell you that's got, that's going to happen. We're just going to tell you that the cool thing is it happened. It would be uh cool, like events for kids, or it would be a cool speaker, usually a sports celebrity or somebody else like that. Like come hear him talk. And then all of a sudden, boom, there's 20 minutes of a gospel presentation. And, it felt dirty, not not because they were talking about the gospel. Like, we had no problem with them talking about the gospel. Yeah. It's the fact that you don't tell people that's going to happen. Live the gospel, don't talk about it. You you trick them to come hear the gospel, which at that point makes it not you sharing the gospel, not you sharing what God has done in your life and what he could do in theirs. It's you tricking them. Yeah. And so we wanted to make sure that we we wanted people to to know that we weren't trying to trick people like oh look at these cool games now twenty minutes of Jesus yeah but um, the one part that uh, will often get kind of overlooked by people who don't like what we do is is the fact that it's not that we never talk about God it's not that we never talk about the gospel it's that when we do it is out of a natural outflow of our conversation with this person. Oh yeah. It is because this is what we're talking about. This is important to us. And so we're talking about it. We're sharing who we are. We care about who they are. Like we're just, we, we know that it's just in that moment. We're like, yeah, we just want to talk about what God's doing because God is God and God is awesome. And God's worth following. It is not, we need to get this person to Jesus before they leave here. Cause what happens if something happens to them and they don't know where they're going? Like, no. And one of the things that, that we were kind of talking about before Mike's went on was the idea that 
we'll talk. And I mean, we, as in the big church, especially modern American church, we'll talk a big game about how we believe that God is sovereign, that God is in control, that God is all powerful, and it's only God who can change lives. But we don't act like that when it actually comes to programming and like doing stuff in the church and doing ministry. We believe that God won't act unless we have a set plan nailed down. And it's, and, and I'm not getting political, but it's gotten so bad. It's in our politics. And it's, it's just frustrating to us because we've been living this for so long. And, and we're like, guys, we have the same book. Where are you reading from? <laughs> you know? It was actually an, an interview I was doing. Uh, I was doing a speaking engagement with the folks that love thy nerd at one of their, their uh, retreat things, their convention things. And uh, afterwards we were talking about discord and they're like, well, what about the gospel? Like, how do you share the gospel? And I'm like, I let God tell me when I talk to them about things. And that kind of had a weird response. And I, I go, I go, look, I'm going to tell you right now, there are times when I have just said hi to a person and it's like God saying, no, seriously, talk to this guy about me because he needs to hear it. And I'll be like, all right, God, let's do this. But more often than not, it's just like, I'm here, I'm talking to you. I'm going to share like, like good, good things are happening. God has answered prayers. I'm going to talk to you about how things suck and I don't want to sugarcoat that. Like, like things are bad. Like, I'll just talk about my life and I'll do that in the course of, 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 I'll share about God in the course of that because I honestly do believe that God is worth following. I honestly do believe that life is better following God than not. It's not just, I don't only see Christianity as a thing to be enjoyed once you cross that threshold into eternity. Like, Life is better when you're following God, and I honestly do believe that. But me tricking you to Jesus is all that's showing is, is that I don't actually believe God's going to do it. And, and it's deceitful. <laughs> it truly is. It really, I mean, I, it, as we were talking about it, I could be like, I, I guess that's where I've been in so many youth group meetings, be like, guys, I got something. Can you put the game pieces down for a minute? You know who doesn't play games? <laughs> the devil. Oh, I've, and oh. we don't play with sin like we play with Monopoly, a game about greed. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, and I, I could just—it uh, just makes ugh, it makes me feel dirty. <laughs> if you mental image of me cringing over here, guys. So, but uh, yeah, and and I really there are times when I wonder what. What ministry, like not only ours, but like any ministry, what it would look like, how things would shift if we actually let God be, you know, God. Yeah. Like, and, and it's funny because it does like that kind of mentality is part of the reason why, because like we've, I don't know if we've, we haven't talked about it on air because it happened before we came back from our hiatus. But, like, there have been a swath of Bible-based role-playing books that have come out. Oh. <laughs> some of better quality than others. Um, some are great but if you want to play that game, and some are just, 
gosh, they're trying real hard. Yeah. I mean, but, <laughs> but in, in all instances, um, in all instances, you're, you're seeing like this swath of people like, like I need to be, uh, my role playing needs to be very, very Christian, like decidedly Christian. And like, we're, we're seeing that move and I'm like, y'all, I, I gotta tell you, I don't want to see God in my role playing game. No. Because then you're going to have some really awkward questions and not the good kind of awkward questions, the bad kind of awkward questions. Like you're saying that God is limited to a die roll. Yeah. Or that your ability to do this thing is tied to how much faith you have in God. I would say you did mention die roll. We did have issue with casting a lots back in the day. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> in the in the in the, the the white and black stones that the priests would have in their robes and they had to pull out like God says no. God says yes. Sorry. <laughs> there there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that goes on into that. Uh studying the ephod and what that was like and guess what? I don't I I have a lot of things that, that could be said, most of them unintelligible and not academic, and so we're just not gonna do that. <laughs> But um I don't know, I just I just wonder what it like 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 when we really think about how strong God is. Yeah. And if we understood how strong God is, would we need to defend him? If yeah. if we under if we understood the other the other thing that came about talking about conventions, um, there are times when I've had conversations about going to conventions with people who had no idea, people the, people who are so outside of gaming and gaming as culture that they don't even realize that these conventions happen, or that enough people would want to participate in such an event that they would be worth mentioning. Whenever I talk about that, like, oh, it's so good that you guys are bringing God to that place because he's already there. Because because it is such it it's just such a place that so desperately needs Jesus. And if it was a if that conversation was a one off, I'd be like, oh okay. But it's a constant thing that is brought up to me when I talk about the ministry that we do. And every time I just want to look at him and go, here, you know what? I'll give you an example. Uh, so at Gary Con, you know Gary Con, the convention that is by the Gygax family in remembrance of Gary Gygax, the one, the you know, I know there's some finer points of detail, but arguably the man behind Dungeons and Dragons, you know, the game that a lot of people think is straight up evil. And if there's ever going to be a convention that's going to be like straight up evil and godless, you'd think it'd be the one that these people think is, is that. Um, we got our boy Derek doing a baptismal service. At GaryCon. At the convention. Not off to the side. Not in a church down the street. At the convention. And I... I it just made me, me take that step back and be like, 
God was in these places longer than any of us decided to go there. Yeah. And he'll be there long after we're gone. Like, God doesn't need us to bring him there. He is there. And you can cite for me the idea that you need a preacher. You know, how can you hear if there is not one? Who's, but I'm still going to tell you that if we really understand how big God is, how powerful God is, how omnipresent and miraculous God is, I, I don't think we have a problem contemplating how God could move. How God could be in every place. How God could talk to every person. The, the thing that's been really interesting to me is just the idea of, of God moving in things like, like, you know, the kind of stuff that you'd, you'd see in like a role-playing game, like, you know, dreams and that sort of stuff. Like, I love hearing stories about people finding God and how, how sometimes that comes from very weird places. And I love hearing how God moves in other people's life, how these stories happen, how God stories happen. And I'll tell you what, it's why when I look back at all the stuff that I did as a kid, cause I I've been a fantasy nerd. I didn't get into role playing till I was like junior high, high school, but I've been a nerd <laughs> since forever. And specifically kind of in the role playing realm. Cause we, we apparently are finding ourselves there this episode. Yeah. Uh, I, I recently, like we, one, we started reading the Hobbit to my son and that just that just makes me feel good but the other thing that, that I started doing is I picked up the chronicles from Dragonlance in fact I'm gonna show I'm gonna show Danny y'all y'all at, at home can't appreciate this I have it sitting <laughs> do you want me to get that signed you want to send it to me oh <laughs> man that's tempting <laughs> I still love that I I've I've stood and shook Larry Elmore's hand, but um, but no, like I like these books were a big deal for me. Uh, the Dragonlance books were one of the things that introduced me to fantasy, that introduced me to worlds that made me think beyond everyday normalcy, and. On their surface, you'd be like, okay, you're dealing with a world that has multiple gods, though, even though in the Chronicles, you're starting to see them disappear from the night sky, and we'll talk about that at some other point, I'm sure. But, like, multiple gods, there's magic, there's also, like, like everything Raceland's involved in is just not something I'd recommend in a, in a Christian setting. But, like, there's so much of what I see in my own faith and how I've seen that develop that it's not like I'm sitting there going, going, I totally see Jesus in this Dragonlance book. 
but what it is 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 that you know talking about that verse like everything i'm doing i'm doing through the perspective of what god has done for me who god is who i know god to be what i've seen all that stuff i don't divorce that when i read fantasy when i do role playing when um you know if i was playing warhammer if i was if i would field a bunch of bunch of du bois uh running with the daka daka um <laughs> That anything, anything I'm doing has to be through the lens of, of what God has done for me. And there were two, there were two instances. One I thought of very recently. If you follow us on social media, you saw me talk about it. And the other one has just been, just been sitting around in my brain forever. Uh, I'm going to. If you are a younger listener and who who are only just beginning to hear about Dragonlance because dr- the Dragonlance book, the newest Dragonlance D and D book, only just came out, like within a couple months, right? Like it's really yeah. new. Came out at Christmas time, or not so, the the novel came out before the end, but right, but like the 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 source book, yeah. But uh, so if, if this is all new to you. Please go out and buy the, the the chronicles, the dragons of, uh, what's it called? I'm 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 breaking myself now because I can't remember them. Uh, dragons of autumn twilight, uh, dragons of uh winter night, and dragons of spring dawning. Uh, pick them up, read them. You know, and as Mike talks about dragons, I'm just going to tell you: pick up vampires in the mist. I mean, you really want to go for Ravenloft, not dragons. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because nothing, nothing screams you know good Christian literature like like Ravenloft books, but but like two characters kind of jumped in my mind, and I'll do the one that I talked about on if you saw him on our Instagram you, you would have seen it. Um, there's a character who when I was a kid I didn't like him because he was kind of boring. Uh, he is is Sturm Brightblade, and Sturm is. He's just this this very somber, very like my honor is is my life kind of guy. Uh, he's he's a knight of of Salomnia, which is a a place that in the story of the chronicles doesn't even really exist. And he's not even really truly a knight at the at, you know as it were. But he th- like that's his whole shtick is that that he is about honor, he is about about sacrifice, he is about care, and I'll just. You know, I won't give any details because I do want you to read these books. But it's like it's in the last book when it happens, or the the second to last book when uh, Sturm dies. He basically is one man standing against the dragon as, as they're coming through, and just dies on the wall against the dragon, so that his friends had enough time to escape. And I, I, you can't read Sturm and not think about what that sacrificial love looks like. You can't read Sturm and not think about what it means to live a life of of honor and truth in a world that's gone absolutely mad. Um, I love Sturm because of that. I love who he is. Uh, reading this as an adult, I get past the he's a bit stodgy and you know kind of a a bummer when it comes to some of the stuff that other guys want to do. 
And I look past that and see him as this this really good man who in, who engages with some of that that deep truth, like like what it means to to live for honor when the literally the world around you is just going nuts. And then there's there's my boy Fisben. <laughs> um, always getting in trouble. Fisben is a goof, and I I don't want to say this like. When I tell you that Fisbin reminds me of Jesus, there's going to be some of you who are going, please don't do that because Fisbin is a moron. Um, but here's the thing. Fisbin is this goofy wizard. Everything that the, the, the characters in the story see about Fisbin is he's just this goof who is supremely powerful. Like when he throws down some magic, it's ridiculous. But he's more often than not just stumbling over himself. And again, I'm going to give a spoiler, but these books are are literally from like my childhood. So if these books are from my childhood, you had plenty of time. The spoiler warning has long yeah. since passed. Fisbin is actually the the god of justice, Paladine. He is literally the platinum dragon. The god of he is like the head of the pantheon of good deities in this world. Yet he is hanging out with these goofballs, being a supreme goofball among goofballs. He, despite the fact that literally, literally, he is a god who, literally, in one of his forms, is a giant platinum dragon. And in his off time, <laughs> he's this goofy old man to make sure that these crazy kids who are going to change the face of the world get to be where they're going. Because they had the faith of an orc. You're going to keep bringing You're going to try and make that a catchphrase. <laughs> oh, it's going to be. You're, I, I, I demand fan art. No. <laughs> um. But yeah, like, like, and, and it, again, I can't help but read this understanding that I serve a God who is all powerful, who is everything that, that this guy wasn't more. And yet who came to be with us to live the human experience. He wasn't a goofball like Fisben was, but Fisben's also a fictional character and Jesus is very real. So, like, I can't help but read these things into it. And I, I don't know. I think there's, there's something about the creative imagination of the faithful that I think that, that we really need to be able to be open to recapturing, to, to step into these places and to step into, these stories and, and literally just ask God, what are you doing here? And what do you want to show us? Because I'll tell you what, we we started this episode talking about the grim dark that is Warhammer. And I'll tell you what, Warhammer 40 K like we'll, we'll talk about the grim dark. Like, like 40 K is the grim dark in the, in the distant future. There is only war. Like there are no good guys in Warhammer 40 K. Yeah. Everybody's bad. Everyone is a terrible person. 
the the closest guys who are good are this in, incredibly oppressive fascist empire. They're the closest thing to good you're going to get. Have you got to the Tao yet? Okay, yeah, the Tao's perfectly cool until you say no, and then suddenly they're, they're, they're less come join us and more I'm going to put you down and steal what I want from you. Yeah, but they are a little bit better. They're a little bit better. They're not pure evil. They're only just selfish. Yeah. So, I mean, but even there, you can, there is stuff to be found here. There are individual moments, individual stories, individual characters that you can be like, I see something of, of God peeking through in this. In the, the deep, grim, dark future, you can still find stuff there. Or even, even if you don't find that stuff there, in seeing its opposite, you are, the, the truth gets revealed in, in seeing what happens when we take control of things. Yeah. When we we claim these things as as our thing, when it stops being about God and starts starts being about what we do, like one of the things that I just realized, like I, because I've been not, I haven't played this. Like I only like the words Horus Heresy were only things that I heard about because it was in a book. Like, I didn't know anything about that stuff. I didn't know anything about the Golden Throne. I didn't know any of these things that get tossed around in 40k lore like crazy. I had always heard that in mankind, for mankind in, in Warhammer 40k, he was always, in, in all the stuff that I came across, he was always referred to as the God Emperor of Mankind. This guy who's supposed to be the best humanity has to offer, who is just seen as, as divinity. And see, is seen as divine, and a whole church is brought up because, oh my goodness, you haven't lived in 40k if you haven't seen tanks that look like churches. Yes. Um. So I didn't. I didn't realize that this guy who everything I've known about 40k as somebody who's played some video games and have talked to some nerds. I always thought that everybody always considered him this deified person. And I start reading this stuff and I start watching these videos. I go, he, he actually hates religion. Yes. He actively put down anyone who said that, that the emperor was God. The reason for that. Can I, can I give the lore behind Oh, that? please do. So I have, <laughs> I am talking out my, my bottom half at this point because I have only just started. Please. Educate the people. So they 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 discover a way to do interstellar travel by going through what they call the warp. Okay, and the warp is like literally flying a ship through hell to get from one part of the universe to the other part of the universe. They see that there's demons in there, but the emperor realizes that if they don't give the 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 demons any foothold in their universe then they will never come out into their universe. So therefore, 
if there's religion to him, that brings faith, and faith also brings a antagonist, and that is going to be those demons that are existing inside of the warp. Now, the and that's the only way they can escape the warp because the ships have these special force fields that keeps the demons from getting in there. So that's why he hated religion. But then he became the god emperor after he died. They literally keep his brain alive, like his body's dead. His brain is alive, uh, and they psychically talk to him. And because they created a religion around him, that's when the demons have escaped from the warp. And if you've noticed in the lore, there's only people that are chaos that aren't like aliens that were already drawn to chaos are space marines because they worshipped the emperor a little too hard. I mean, this is the guy who gets a thousand acolytes a day sacrificed to him. But I mean, <laughs> but yeah. that that's but that's the reason being he was he didn't want them to give a foothold. They still wanted to use the interstellar travel, and they knew they were getting the attention of these demons. But they figured out a way to keep them from coming. But because they saw him as a deity, that gave them the foothold. Yeah, and there there are moments when you start. I, I've dug into some of this lore, and again, only on a very superficial level. Please, Warhammer nerds, don't come at me, because I will fully admit that I only barely know what I'm talking oh, about. I get stuff wrong all the time, too. <laughs> but like, like there are moments where I can see so many, so many insights into how we do religion and how we do it poorly. And and kind of the, the the situations that we find ourselves in. I was just uh, seeing a video uh, asking the question. There's one of these one of these guys that's in charge of the Space Marines chapter. He's basically uh, the guy who's in charge of things now that the Emperor is you know doing the whole barely alive kept alive kind of. Uh, Gilliman is basically wake woken up after a long stretch of stasis. Who he went in, he was very much of the same opinion that this is just a guy. He's he's I mean, technically he's his dad. But we'll get into that. We'll get we, my goodness, could we go in could we go hard into Warhammer? But we have like like 10, 15 minutes left in this episode. Let's not. Uh if you want more if you want more Warhammer content, please comment below. Um But like he knows that this is just a guy. He's like he's yeah, he's a tremendously strong guy a gifted person a brilliant person but just a regular guy but at this point he he wakes up and realizes that the church is so ingrained and how church happens is so ingrained in humanity that to try and stand against it would bring about another revolution that would basically be equivalent to the Horus heresy which is what mortally wounded him in the first place and I'm like, I'm sitting here, oh man, like this, there's so much here. There's so much that, that is being reflected, even if it's like a shadow of it, even if it's like a distant thing, there's so much to chew on because I got to tell you, I am a firm believer that God is everywhere, that God really is, you know, found in everything. And I, I'm on record in this podcast and especially over Barton Bible going like, we don't need to defend God. Like he's, he's cowering in a corner without us being able to be like, like, no, seriously, Jesus is awesome. 
Like, I, I really think God can take care of himself. I really think that, 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 that we don't need to uh, stand the gates for him. It's, it's really more on the, the idea of are we holding each other to, the, to be the kind of person that God has called us to be rather than us defending God. And yeah. that, that is way more important <laughs> than, than us defending God is us do, are we trying to be the kind of people who like, like force this understanding of who God is because we won't let anyone stand against it. You know, it hits me like we always hear that phrase, defenders of the faith. Like, we don't have to. We're not here to defend it. We're here to be representatives of it. Right. And we're here to be orcs. I mean, um, but no, but and it, that just goes back that God, you know, God doesn't need us. We need him. And, and. People just need to start realizing that a little bit more. In my opinion. Sorry, I just pulled everything down to one line. <laughs> In the grimdark future, there is only the faith of the orc. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. You do uh, realize I'm going to be entitling this episode The Faith of an Orc. Uh, uh, because I want... I At this point, I'm making fun of you, but I also want this catchphrase to take on. I want, I want this to be a thing... Uh, I want the idea of somebody out there having a discussion about how mustard seed faith is the equivalent I mean, of with, throwing a bunch of stuff together and trying to fly into space with some some wood planks and spare parts. It happens. It happens. And uh, but in 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 well, I say it happens in in, the, in Warhammer, but yeah, the mm. uh, I do want this to take off so bad. But the, <laughs> I was thinking, you know, at G Game Church, right? We have our our uh, little gamer Bible, aka Jesus for the Win. I was thinking, man, we really need to create a Jesus for the Win for inroads that literally is nothing but Warhammer reference. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's never actually do that. <laughs> no, that, that, that was that was mainly a joke. Nobody start that project. Please, no be, one do that. We would be kind of upset over that one. <laughs> I'm all, I'm all about making it orky, but not that way. <laughs> so, yeah i I do think that that the way we do faith is it's it's something that has to permeate everything, and in a way, like. It's funny because, like, we joked about how we were going to have Warhammer come into this because of the fact that it's just Daniel's always painting something of Warhammer and 3D printing something of Warhammer, and I'm getting into watching these videos. I'll probably watch a couple after this just because I want to hear more ridiculous stories of works. There's so much that's, like, <laughs> cartoonishly obvious about Warhammer. Yeah. And, and just so, like, I was we were joking that like some of it's so obvious, like there's this big council about how to, to deal with life and everything. And they call it the council of Nikea. It's Nicaea, but instead of a C it's a K like y'all don't even try at this point. No, no. Um, but 
as, as cartoonishly obvious, as cartoonishly one note, as as super grim dark is is in the grim dark future. There is only war. As as all of that is there, like there is something about the idea that in that world there is no like there is no option other than what do we do every day to survive this nightmare. It permeates everything. And just like I said, when you don't see the picture of God, when you see the picture that is anything other than God, it does show you what God is. What changes when our life is so permeated with who God is? That that's all there is. That there, that we're not just trying to do the unspeakable in the chance that maybe we survive. So much of the truly terrible things that happen in Warhammer are because somebody's like, how do we survive tomorrow? Let's open up this gate to hell. Let's, let's do this thing. Let's sign on with these people who can yeah. give us the power to do this. Oh, what? Now we have things growing out of our head and we're, ma we're mad with insane power. Oh, sure. That's going to work out great. Like, <laughs> oh, but like, Oh, that just reminds me of Warlocks in D&D, &D, or any, like, Warlocks in Dungeons & Crawl Classics or Wizards. You, you you make a, you you know, you cast a spell and it goes wrong and you grow a horn. Yeah. So, like, like yeah, like, that, when you, when you, instead of, of doing that nonsense, like, what happens if you just let the exact opposite happen? Yeah. When instead of just trying to claw at every inch, inch for survival, you just realize there is a hope. There is a hope in, in a God who does care. That there is more to this existence than struggle and combat and standing against evil. There is more to it than that. And even the evils that we do stand up against, then guess what? There's more than just literal battle. There are things that we stand against because God stands against them. And we are just there for the ride. Like, David, the whole David and Goliath thing isn't about how awesome David was. It was David saying, I'm here... And I'm going to win, not because of my ability to defeat you, but because I serve God and God doesn't lose. And he had the faith of an orc. And the faith of an orc. <laughs> he said, I could. He believed. <laughs> he, he believed in the power of his whoosha swoosha. <laughs> no, in the choppa choppa. Because <laughs> he took the choppa choppa. He took the choppa choppa. Yes. I was trying to make what what was the the sling equivalent of daka daka? Oh, I don't the, know. The swisha swisha. Yeah, I, know. I, I got that one. So. Oh man, if, <laughs> please! If you're if you're not if if you're just lost in our our war our Warhammer nonsense, just either dive in or please get out of the pool because you're you're gonna be you're gonna be in for a world of craziness either way. Oh man. <laughs> So Daniel, uh, what's uh, what's something I would just want to throw this out as we're kind of wrapping up? Uh, what's something that folks can be thinking about and praying about for you and the crew going to to GaryCon because that is coming up. Um. Well, 
on the drive. I've never pulled a trailer that far of a distance up there. We're leaving out the morning of the 22nd at about 3 a.m. Stopping in Indianapolis and picking up Michael Riddle about 10, our AKA Dwarf Bard of the convention. And the we'll finish the route up to Wisconsin and hopefully get there about 3. And it depends on how long. I, I plan that we probably will end up stopping at Bucky's and getting something to eat. Um, cause I love Bucky's, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, we'll get up there and, and, and get our, our room stuff situated and go ahead and unload all the games and just pray for our sanity. Pray that, um, we do have an impact there for the convention. I know every year it's a kind of a crapshoot, like do the, they go, well, let us weigh whether or not we need a board game library this year. And so that week of me sitting there going, wonder if they're going to need me, wonder if they're going to need me, um, you know, that, that, you know, worries me because I, I go there for a reason. It's not, I don't play games. Like every Gary Con, I may play one game, like one RPG, um, and that's it. And I go there to serve. And, you know, I've had talks with Derek in the past that if, you know, if they say no, then I'm going as a, a volunteer. You know, I'm going there to volunteer to, like, make sure everybody has their tickets and make sure everybody's got what they need and stuff like that. Because, I mean, I, I, I need to serve. Um, and, and I'm called to be uh, to the nerds, you know, a nerd to the nerds. And um, we've got a new person who hasn't worked with us before. Um, who's a friend of mine from one of my gaming groups and he's a really good kid and it's his first time going to a convention. (laughs) When your first convention is literally hanging out with legends of the industry. Yeah, that's, that's it. I mean, and he's not even going to know, like he'll probably be standing there and, and somebody like, you know, Margaret Weiss will walk up and talk to us and like, he'll be like, who was that old lady? I mean, I know he's going to do that. I know. And then that's when I'm going to look around and it's like back at him and like, listen here, Preston. <laughs> she's not an old lady. She's a national treasure. She, so, truth, <laughs> truth. But nah, um, but yeah, just be praying for us. Um, you know, every year it's, it's a different, uh, it's something different happens. Every, not bad. Uh, just let us, um, to, to have, you know, this will be the last podcast before the convention. Right. So, but like the, um, just that we have an impact and we do what God's will there, you know, and we don't preach. And um, that's Derek's job. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, leave, leave that to the chaplain. Yeah, leave that to leave that to Derek. So, um, but yeah, and we're in a new area. Hopefully we'll have better lighting. Pray that we have better lighting so the miniature painter people aren't with their flashlights on their phones trying to... Right. Yeah, inside the dungeon. And So I think I think we'll be good, though. All right. Yep. Do you want to send us off, or do you want me to? Uh, you can do it, because I'm going to get it wrong this time. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've banked on it too many times to be able to do it properly. <laughs> I know. Okay. Uh... This is funny, especially because we did all that talk about casting lots and ephos. <laughs> but uh, always remember, God is the game master. No matter how the dice fall, the game plays on. <laughs>